0: Welcome to Vision Chat, a podcast about spiritual topics with your
1: hostesses, Virginia and Stina. Hello and welcome back to Vision Chat. In this episode, Virginia and I will be interviewing Elizabeth Light Tarot. Elizabeth is a tarot and oracle card reader and healer. She is knowledgeable and well-versed in astrology. Elizabeth is into crystal and mineral medicine. She has a very successful YouTube channel with thousands of subscribers at Sedona Angel. You may find her on Instagram at Elizabeth ElizabethLightTarot. And if you are interested in a private reading, you can reach her at her email, ElizabethLight1111 at gmail.com. She provides beautiful amazingly accurate readings, delivered with kindness and great compassion. She is the real deal, you guys. Welcome, Elizabeth.
2: Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me and for that beautiful introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation and for inviting me to join you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, Can you tell a little bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Elizabeth, and as you said, I I am a reader. I I do energy readings. Uh, I like to think of them more as healing sessions rather than fortune-telling, per se. Um, I picked up my first tarot deck when I was 18 years old, and um, I sort of left it for a long time, and I returned to it much later in life so it's interesting how the spiritual path and the spiritual journey can take years for some people and i would be one of those people it's really a work in progress it's something that hasn't really been a linear path it's very much a quantum path and a quantum journey so i've always been interested in mythology spirituality i feel like it's just been there with me my whole life and through childhood. And even through my teenage years, there was always some aspect of my life that was linked back to spirituality, Even religion to some degree, but more so spirituality, ritual, ceremony, uh, things like that. So currently, I live in Sedona, Arizona. I moved to Arizona almost six years ago. And this was a place that I felt really called to. You, You sort of get a call to go to certain places in your life, I feel. And so I was called here. I answered the call. It was not an easy journey to get here. But it is sort of a spiritual Mecca. And uh, that's where I really committed to the path in in a much more deep, deeper way. Uh, It was a, a bigger commitment for me to sort of leave an old life behind and come and live in an area like this. So I do tarot and oracle readings. I do work with crystals, as you said, and various spiritual tools just as a part of my everyday life. And the astrology aspect of the of the path has been really something that I've been delving much deeper into over the past two years. So that's something that I would love to talk about with all of you because I, I really want to promote astrology to the collective. I think it's so important as a modality and as a language and and as a spiritual science. So I have a sort of simple life. When I came here, it was really to slow down a lot. I led a very corporate life for many years. So that was something that I was looking forward to when I came to Sedona was to slow down, to be around all of this natural beauty, the energy vortexes here, the healing energy of Sedona, where people really do come here to work on their own personal healing. And a lot of your abilities become more active here so it is light work but it's also a lot of shadow work as well yeah it's a it's more of a simple life which i really appreciate uh it's a small town most people don't know that about sedona it's a very very small town so you do feel sort of isolated here but it's one of the most beautiful places uh, that i've ever lived so i'm very grateful for it liz there's a lot
0: of spiritual people living on the West Coast and the Southwest. I just noticed um, because we've done a few interviews and everybody seems to be out that way and we haven't really talked to anyone on the East Coast or pretty much in any other part of the world. But I'm curious because you mentioned something about the just the energy there. Do you just feel like when a person becomes more sensitive or more in tune with spirituality, they look for quieter places to be?
2: Yeah, I think that that can absolutely be the case for a lot of people, because especially with the technology, the 5G, all of the EMF, like, you know, and especially moving into the age of Aquarius, where the technology is going to keep growing and evolving. I do feel that something, you know, I also feel that because each of us have such a unique blueprint that our soul came in with. And we have, we do sort of have that free will to choose various places. I feel that many people are sort of like, we're like grid keepers. We're holding down the energy in certain locations. So, you know, if you live in, let's say New York city, I was born and raised on Long Island, but in a small town, still in a small town, but, you know, being around that big city, I think there are still There's still opportunity to have, to be a healer, to provide services and and be that light worker to people, no matter where you live. But it may be more challenging in some areas and maybe some people that's part of their soul agreement that they came here. I'm going to live in the big city and, you know, I'm going to be a beacon of light for people in a very dense area a very densely populated area or where there's a lot of you know noise and and all of that but for me it the silence is uh it's been so positive for me just to be in a very 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 quiet place yeah
0: what would you call yourself or what are you comfortable labeling yourself healer empath uh i don't know uh light worker psychic what are you comfortable I with feel like-
2: all of it, you know um it's so not cookie cutter. I think we're always evolving. A- astrologer is definitely uh, an identity that I really feel is so important for me um because of the language that comes along with astrology and the opportunity for prophecy that comes along with astrology but it's like I know I I need to just do it but I'm someone I like to, perfect a craft before i add it to my let's say resume if you will so i'm getting more comfortable with that but really all of it because i feel that we're all psychic we're all healers we're we all have those abilities it's just are we how are we activating it in this in this incarnation again it goes back to our agreement with our soul with our spiritual team how is our soul sort of written to evolve in this lifetime. So really all of it, I feel I feel it's I resonate with all of it. Yeah, that's so nice.
1: Um how did you get into spirituality or energy in the first place?
2: So a lot of it I do have to attribute to the decade that I grew up in because I was born in 1975, so I'm showing my age which is is fine. And I feel that during that time it was sort of like we were coming out of the psychedelic revolution of the 60s. And you know, my parents, you know, came out of that time, the kind of hippie generation. So in the 70s, when you turned on the TV, we didn't really have cable back then. It was basic programming. And a lot of the shows for kids, they had this like magical component to them. Uh, So I feel it really started that it was all unicorns and rainbows. And it was very magical growing up during that time. We didn't have the technology. So we were outside all of the time, winter, spring, summer, fall. It was like your parents were just like, get out of the house. I was very fortunate. I grew up in a very safe area. Um, There were beaches in every direction. Um, There was a lot of nature and woods and things like that there were lots of children to play with so i feel that our imaginations back then and in the area and time that i grew up in we were really like encouraged to cultivate our imagination our inner child was free to play to adventure you know to have that so i feel that that alone in itself was a spiritual experience and I also attribute a lot of it to my dad. My dad was—he's uh, still alive—and he's very. He was always very interested in other cultures, so he taught us how to sit in lotus position. Like the, he told us this is what the Buddhists do, and he really loved Buddhism. And he was very wise and had a lot of knowledge. Joseph Campbell was one of his heroes, and Joseph Campbell wrote *The Power of Myth* um, and various other books. So my dad would always sort of talk about these things. He was always exposing us to different religions, different cultures, different food, like all of that. So it really just gave me this sense that the world was really big and that there was a lot to explore, even though we, we were raised Catholic and my Nana would kind of take us to church. So, even being in the Catholic church, I found it incredibly boring. I did. It was like, Oh my God, get me out of here. But there was still something about the ritual, you know, and how it was, it was ceremonial. So I think, and then the music, and I do remember the priests being so kind, having such beautiful, like loving hearts. They were were always so nice in our congregation. So I feel that the exposure to that, and then, uh, you know, the Catholic church doesn't acknowledge reincarnation. They believe that this, this is the only life. And I remember my Nana took me out for a birthday dinner when I was 10. So it was my 10th birthday and it was a fancier restaurant. She took me to an Italian restaurant. And I remember this conversation. She asked me if I believed in past lives. And now she was a very devout Christian woman. So it was interesting that she was asking me that question and I knew the answer. And I said, well, of course, yes. And you know, I was 10. So I feel like that's what I was saying. I just feel like it was always really there for me, but then through different, experiences i had greater awakenings throughout my life so the one in particular that really stands out to me um i was i think in my first year of college and i went to a local school on long island and there was a, a shop in my hometown next to a cafe that i worked at i was a barista at a french bakery and there was a crystal store now i had never gone crystal shopping um i had never picked up a tarot deck before and i remember walking into this shop and it was purple the whole building was painted purple it was like an old victorian home that they converted into a shop and it was called pillars of light and i went in there with my best friend and we were like oh my god look at this shop this is so cool so this was like in 1994 or 1995 and they came over to me and they said okay like there's three things that you have to have and I don't have it anymore, but they they said you need a quartz crystal. So I picked out a quartz crystal. They, um, they said, this is the book that you want to read and it's Bringers of the Dawn by Barbara Marciniak. So this was the first woman to channel the Pleiadians and she started channeling them back in the eighties and so I, I bought the book, I bought a crystal, and I bought a tarot deck. And that experience really shaped my life. And I read this book cover to cover. And nobody, you know, we grew up with Star Wars. We grew up, you know, with the original Star Wars movies, um, 2001 Space Odyssey. So I already believed in extraterrestrial life in the 90s and even in the 80s, I knew we weren't alone. I loved science fiction. So I already believed in that. And then this was like my confirmation that th- that there was much more going on. So at that point I was 18, 19, and I was like, oh my God, this! I- I'm Pleiadian. And I feel like I have galactic heritage. And everything she was saying was so spot on for me and it just felt like a truth so i feel that that was like a real turning point in my life because i was finally getting confirmation that like my parents couldn't really give me that school wasn't giving that to me we didn't have the internet so i there was no community around me of people that kind of understood like i just felt things and i knew that what the reality we were being shown wasn't all that there was so um the tarot deck that i picked i actually have a copy of it not the original one and it was a native american tarot and uh it's lakota so the lakota tribe it's a tarot deck based on that tribe so it wasn't really a traditional deck and it had a lot of kind of darker images in it. So I think it scared me a little bit. Um, And then the next experience that I had was I was invited to a Lakota sweat lodge and it was a very traditional Native American sweat lodge. And that was about a year later, less than a year later. So that was a really spiritual time for me. I think that was really like my first, my first great awakening was around 19. 18 19
0: did you have any experiences in childhood like that you could remember like as a really, really I know you went as far back as like being 10 how about before that or anything that you experienced yeah.
2: so I I don't think it was like anything you know like some children, if their grandparents passed away, maybe they were communicating with a loved one or angels or things like that. It's nothing that I can really like pinpoint. I remember that I couldn't sleep, like I'm a night owl. And even back then I would stay awake half the night like, and I would just be in my bedroom. I had a very, very small bedroom. Our house was a tiny little bungalow. It was a two bedroom house. And then when I was born, my parents had to like, um, put a wall up in the living room so that I had a bedroom and it was so small. And I had like, you know, stuffed animals and toys, but I really loved my stuffed animals. And at night I would just lay there awake. And I think that that's when I started to astral project but i wasn't like floating around the house i think i was going like outward to the cosmos because i have an image um of a woman and i still to this day don't really know who she was or what she was she was just cloaked in light and she would sort of be like floating around and she was um she wore like a spacesuit she had very very long blonde hair um and she would just sort of be there so and then i had and now i you could say well was i dreaming was i falling off to sleep i don't really know i just remember experiencing like a sort of insomnia where you know maybe i wasn't falling asleep till two three o'clock in the morning because i I just couldn't sleep and my house was very quiet. So there was really no reason for it. Um, We were active children. So, you know, we were getting our exercise every day. And then I had, it was sort of like visions of like, I don't know, it was just little beings. And I felt like at night they would really be around me a lot. They didn't speak, they didn't talk. Maybe there was a telepathic communication. I don't really remember that's really the only thing that I, it stuck with me, you know, like it was something that really stuck with me throughout the years, especially that woman. Was she a guide? Was she an angel? Was she a galactic being? I don't really know. And other than that, I, there really wasn't anything like major, uh, that happened to me that I can really pinpoint. It was sort of like, I think I was a very empathic, sensitive child. I was moody, but really the way that I see it now is I was so sensitive to everybody's energy in the house. My parents wound up having more children, you know, and I had an older brother. And so there was a lot of energy in the house. And I feel that I was always really picking up on everybody else's moods and things like that. So I was a very sensitive child. I w- I feel I was a very caring child. You know, I really cared about how everybody was feeling and uh, what was happening in the world. I remember uh, sometimes if my parents turned on the TV, like um, the Challenger was the, was this, the launch of the Challenger when it Uh, exploded and all of those astronauts died I wept for days I wanted to be an astronaut so that was like the first thing that I ever wanted to be I wanted to go to space like I you know I didn't feel that earth wasn't home because I felt so connected to to animals and to pets and to wildlife and nature but I still felt that I belonged elsewhere so uh, yeah I wanted to be an astronaut But there wasn't really any one experience that I could say, like, you know, that I had some type of, like, immediate superpower or anything, you know?
0: It sounds like you were astral projecting.
2: I I feel like I was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Before it was a thing. You were already doing it.
2: Right. Do you have
1: any experience or, like, situation where you surprised yourself or somebody
2: else around you with your gifts? Well, I hope so. I mean with clients and with people that I read for um and also just people in my everyday life and family members. You know, I hope that I've at least inspired them to think a different way, to see things in a new way. I know I've had feedback from clients like that was really accurate. That part was like so spot on or during a reading if if an energy or a topic comes up or, you know, something comes up in a reading and they're like, Oh my God, how did you know that? I think mostly I surprise myself. And I, this is something that I feel in the spiritual community and for people who are on a spiritual path and are exploring their gifts, like the way that I'm still exploring things for myself as well, um, is the trust aspect of learning to trust yourself. Learning to trust the messages. Learning to trust the—I don't know—the the way in which you utilize your natural abilities, like to trust it. So I I wind up surprising myself because I'm like, all right, I have this feeling about this thing, and then you start gaslighting yourself. Like, am I being too judgmental? Um, am I be am I just afraid? Um, am I judging this the wrong way? And then. I'll get the confirmation about things, whether it's like instantly, a week later, a month later, where it's like, oh my God, I knew it. And when that happens so much over and over and over again is when you have to really trust yourself. Uh, And my mom was always like that. So I feel that that's something that you can like definitely inherit from, you know, from a family member for, for me it's my mom. It's like she would just know things, you know. And you'd be like, "What are you talking about?" like and then she would surprise me. So I'd be like, "Oh my god, you know, she was really right about that." Even uh, my sister, I feel my sister really has that gift as well just that gift of you know with the clairs when we talk about the clairs like that claircognizance cognizance or the clairsentience so i think mostly i surprised myself <laughs> because it's like man i knew it and why didn't i trust that sooner and um i think that's important for a lot of people but yeah i i think you know it's always really nice to get the feedback from people like hey that was really spot on and that felt really accurate. So I think also um, avoiding danger, like, you know, avoiding dangerous situations, because again, with everything that's kind of happening in the world and where it's like, you get that intuition and you're like, maybe you're warning someone else, please don't go and do that, you know? And I wouldn't normally impose my, my will upon your will, but if you have a really strong feeling, so there's been a few times where I know that I've definitely helped people to avoid a very dangerous situation, and other times where I haven't. So,
0: well, Liz, I mean, I've received several readings from you, and the accuracy and you know, the detail is shocking to me. So, I'll just tell you that right now that you have given me some really specific things and some readings, and I was just like, wow, she called it. So you definitely have a gift and you're very in touch um, with spirit guides with spirit in general. And I just love your ethics as well. Because I love that when you're giving a reading, you tell people like, take what resonates and leave the rest. You know,
2: you call the shots. Thank you. And I one of the things because this is something that, like I said, I I have a very corporate background. I worked in the fashion industry for 10 years. Prior to that, uh, Virginia and I knew each other from way back in the day from um from very like a career path that both of us were on, and that's how we met a long time ago. So even for me, uh during, you know, during the readings and everything, what what's been evolving for me is that i'm noticing more and more that the people that i'm reading for they have really strong guides that are with them so it's like their spiritual team is is really on point they're they're strong and it's where there's just a communication between our higher selves and between your team and my team and they're like yep we're going to come through and it, it's so co-creative it really really it's not just it's not just me it's like it's the whole experience it's your guides it's your higher self and we're all communicating with each other so
0: Liz, is that how you work? Like, are you like, is it like a team effort here where it's like you're in touch with not just your own spirit guides, but the other person's spirit guides? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's
0: fascinating. I mean, I think there has to be, to your credit, there has to be a talent there. So I know you're giving credit to the spirit and spirit guides, but you have to be a pretty powerful person to be able also to receive those messages and be able to do all that communicating
2: yeah you know and you know me like when when we do a reading you know i could keep going like i'll go for two three hours in a session so i'm not the reader you know if somebody wants a 30 minute reading or a 40 minute reading and it's like very specified i can Make myself jump through it and make it move quickly, but otherwise, it's like I lose track of time. It really does become more quantum, and I'll always say, like, "Do you want to keep going? We can keep going." And <laughs> like that's just how I operate it. It, it's not something that I, I'm not looking at a clock, and and so I feel, I feel that that was a gift that I had though was networking, was being able to bring people together, like in the 3D you know, in the physical reality, like I I still do that. Like, Hey, I think that you two should meet like this person and that person, I can kind of see the network and how to form it and how to bring people together based on their common experiences. Or maybe that one person has something that the other person might need. And so that I feel it translates to the upper realms it's like an as above, so below. The two really connect. So, what you're good at in this sort of physical reality, it's also what your gifts are in the upper dimensions. They're just, they just present differently. So, if I'm good at that down here, then in the astral realms, I'm kind of doing the same thing. So, it actually, it doesn't feel like an effort. And I didn't realize that that's really how my readings were structured in the beginning. Like it wasn't something that I sat and wrote, you know, like wrote down, like, this is how I work. It's something that's just been more organic and has just evolved for me in a very natural way where I'm like realizing what's happening because <laughs> I'm like, there's no way I'm just getting all of this information on my own. And then in a reading, when someone's guides are so apparent and then they're confirming to me like, yep, that's somebody that I have felt that energy for a long time. Or, you know, let's say Kuan Yin comes out for someone in a reading, the goddess Quan Yin. And let's say, uh, for example, it's a it's a masculine that I'm reading for and he lives in Kansas. Right. And um, just as an example, and I would never associate him with the goddess Kuan Yin, like me as like a physical vessel. But then she's coming in for him, And then he's confirming like, yes, I have had this, you know, call to Japanese culture, like my whole life. And then you're just piecing it together where it's like, these things are, they're not coincidences. They're God incidences. And, and then you just really like, I've just learned to trust these things. And then I'm realizing like, I don't do mediumship necessarily um, like talk to the dead, if you will, but sometimes it happens. So it's not something I'm like, if you, you know, if you want to contact your, you know, mother or father, or whoever, um, I wouldn't advertise that. Cause I, I don't, I can't turn it on and off and I don't even know that I want to, but it does come through sometimes. So sometimes a, a loved one will come through and, and, you know, I'll just kind of feel their, I'll feel their love mostly.
1: I've seen on your YouTube channel too, when you start readings or like monthly readings for the horoscopes that you are saying never to give your power to the reading or the reader. And I just want to take that up and that they can use their own intuition as well when they're seeing through the whole reading And I think that is so beautiful because I feel like there's many people or many readers as well that can come across as this is the fact and this is going to happen for you no matter the circumstances or situation. So what do you think about that when you work with tarot and reading and, yeah, that topic?
2: Yeah, the reason why I say that is because like if i'm going to a reader or a healer or a doctor or whomever and they and there's like an authority that they want to have over me being uh i'm a gen xer like generation x and pluto in libra where it's that generation where it's like no like you're not going to have power over me so while we can give advice and we can read the energy it's always open to interpretation i'm still human so i still have my own filter my own lens of perception that has distortion that has bias that is still learning that has an ego you know um where i may have low energy one day or i'm going through my own stuff and maybe i'm reading it wrong and so I feel that the messages will always come through in the most perfect way, but it's my interpretation that could be skewed in some way. And so, especially when I came to Sedona and I didn't really know a lot of people here, and I remember like being invited to a few gatherings, and you know, you get the people who. Have been do on this path. They've lived in Sedona or wherever for thirty years, and they're energy healers. They have a name for themselves. They're well known. Um, they look the part. They have their Sedona name and everything, their spiritual name. And you know, you'll have people that I it's I've experienced this. Uh, people will just come up to me and say something to me about my energy, like I need to fix something. I had someone approach me and say and I'm friends with this person. And so I think he's wonderful, but he said, why is there, why do you have black around your heart? And he said that to me, um, at, uh, I think it was like a new year's Eve party several years ago and I stopped and I was like, all right, because I'm very fiery, you know, I could be like a pretty feisty woman. And I said, well, you know, my brother passed away. My brother passed away, uh, just, I don't know, six months ago. So I'm grieving, you know, I'm deep in grief. And it was that where it's like, I, and those types of things have happened a few times to me here. And I feel like, you know, in the uh, cyber world and on Instagram, you'll get those people in your DM, like, I feel your energy and you need a reading and you need a curse removed. And, you know, um or like, We're seeing the exposure of some of the spiritual community with various people like the Netflix documentary, Escaping Twin Flames and various people, you know, who are like, you know, you have to buy this in order to in order to heal yourself. This is the only way. It's very dogmatic. It's like, you know, that they are like a God. And so that's I I want to help people just to be sovereign to feel that they are they are their own best healer they're their own best psychic they are their own best guru teacher mentor and i still believe in having teachers but i think that it's like we have to be so discerning with everything and and that translates into our spiritual path as well and like what we are committing to what we're paying for if we're paying for a service or class to be really discerning so i feel like that's a big red flag for me if someone is just like like you were saying um steena like you know oh it has to be this way and this is your reading and there's you know there's no other way oh, what card is that yeah see the emperor <laughs> like i'm in control and you know i have the answers to everything um so uh, that's why i always preface with that and i appreciate having teachers that because that's how I was raised. Like speaking of the emperor, like my father taught us how to critically think, think for yourself. Don't just, if someone has authority over you or you feel that they're in a higher position than you, or they've been doing it longer, whatever it is, you don't have to give up your sovereignty and your ability to think for yourself for anything.
0: I love your boundaries. That's pretty amazing to have you know and it can be kind of hard I'm thinking on the spot too right like when you're having somebody just come up to you and tell you all these things especially being in the spiritual community like how do you stand up for that and not just say oh okay I'll I'll take it for what you're saying instead of challenging it
2: yeah and I think you know that's something that I I have to work on regularly um, because I am so fiery, is like how to kind of soften my energy too and just relax into my femininity. That's like, you know, just like flowing like water and like, that's okay, I just let it flow right off of me. But also saying to them like, well, no, I don't agree with you and I don't consent to your reading me when I didn't ask you for it. So that's also a big no-no for me because and I don't think that people necessarily have bad intentions. I think it's like, you know, we're in this time where we're allowed to explore these things. You know, it's now mainstream, more mainstream to explore energy and healing. And on. so people are excited about it. And especially when you live in a community that's largely spiritual, it's like everybody's just running around like, hey, did you see my new crystal? And this is magical. And, you know, or an energy device or, you know, the organite, the pyramids, like people really want to share their knowledge, their wisdom with one another. So I don't think that it's necessarily even like malevolent or nefarious. It's just sometimes I think that we Also, we care about one another. So maybe he was picking up on my grief. He probably was. And it just didn't come out right. Um, So there, you know, because now hindsight being 2020, like I can reflect back on it. And this is someone I see around town, you know, every once in a while. I'm always so happy to see him. You know, he's a wonderful man. So, yeah. (laughs) But the boundaries are important.
0: I say don't put that fire out. I love that about you. Yeah. If anything, Thank turn you. it up more. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Liz, what do you think is the biggest misconception or misunderstood thing about energy work or astrology?
2: Yeah, just spirituality in general. That like you have to look a certain way, you have to have, you have to talk a certain way. Um, you have to have certain, you know. And uh, nothing against it, but I see some tarot readers where it's like, I have a master tarot certificate, and I'm like. I don't have a certificate like um you know i just learned it it took me years and years and years i'm still learning the tarot it's like it's a never-ending process but that you have like anyone who's new to some type of modality that you have to fit in you know that you have to be like on a beach in bali doing headstands in order to be spiritual or be an influencer um you know i I have a friend here she's like one of my best friends here uh she does not she's not into tarot oracle astrology none of it and she grew up here so that's kind of an interesting irony but she is one of the most spiritual people i know in that she is always helping people she has a heart of gold she's really good at taking care of herself So she's like really good at the self-care of having boundaries with people. She's also like in her fifties. So I know this has been a process for her, but that being spiritual, you know, doesn't have to look a certain way. I don't think that you have to spend thousands of dollars on things. I think it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money, like talking about the spiritual tools you know, it can be a rock that you find in your yard, a feather. It can be um, like, I love pine cones. It, you can work with pine cones. Like, this is like, um, like a pyramid. It's a manifesting tool. It was free. <laughs> you know, if you have the money and there's a, an investment that you want to make in a, an energy device, in sound bowls or crystals or a course that you want to take, a certification that you want to get it's just not cookie cutter. And as a collective, I think that, you know, um, back, back, um, like a few hundred years ago, they would call you a spiritualist. Like if you look back to the 1800s and things like that, they would call people spiritualists. You had naturalists. Now it's like, we're spiritual. Um, maybe someone, you know, their path, it's more about, uh, Wiccan, Wicca, and paganism, and herbalism, and you know the divine feminine and the cycles of the moon. That it it can be so much. Maybe you're a teacher and you're just bringing more of a spiritual energy to your students because we need that so so much. So um, yeah, just that it doesn't have to look a certain way i again i think collectively like we're um kind of grow like we're growing up we're growing up into it um and so for anybody like that wants to get on a path or maybe learn tarot or maybe learn astrology or hands on healing just start wherever you're at you you know and don't feel like you have to compare yourself to other people i think it's good to have like The healthy competition healthy comparison the inspiration from people who um like i i have a a lot of teachers that i really love and ones that i've outgrown you will outgrow your teachers that's the other thing you will outgrow them um so it's not cookie cutter and um yeah and and i think the other thing is that you don't have to spend a whole lot of money it can because I know the economy is hard globally and and with the astrology I think it's only going to get harder so but also being in that state of abundance if there's an investment that you really want to make take a chance on it like that would be my other advice on the flip side of the coin you know what kind of astrology are you practicing or into the astrology that I um, that I'm studying is um, it's more traditional, so it's Western astrology. Just to preface that, um, I do really appreciate the Vedic system and uh, the Eastern astrology, the Vedic system, and I I know my chart on both systems because I think that they're both important. So I study Western astrology. Um, I'm studying my teacher is, uh, the Leo King. So his name is David Palmer and he, um, been doing it for a long time. Uh, he's from California originally. He still lives in California. He was born and raised in orange County, California, and he has a network. It's called high vibe. So I'm on high vibe TV, the app itself. You could get for like 10.99 a month where you get access to, programs every single day. It's a fully functioning app like with a community. It's almost like a Facebook, which is so interesting, and he's built it all himself. But I pay more um for the school. So, you know, I completed um a Pluto masterclass, so it's just a masterclass on the planet Pluto. I completed a Saturn masterclass and each of these are like over 40 hours each. Um, So just Saturn itself was like 40 hours worth of content. I have books of notes and everything. And then uh, now we're in what's called Hypergate. So he teaches Hypergate astrology. Um, and it's Hypergate 3.0. So I haven't even done 1.0 or 2.0 because really I've been studying astrology for years and I have like other teachers that were free. It was really all free content through YouTube. Molly McCord is a great teacher, love her. She's more intuitive astrology. Um, There's new paradigm astrology that's more evolutionary astrology, which is sort of based on Pluto being the planet of evolution. And then um, he was a big uh, new paradigm astrology taught me a lot. And this is all free again, just going back to free. And then Molly McCord taught me a lot. And then just reading books, obviously I love books. I'm a bookworm. And then Robert Phoenix is another great astrologer. His content is also free and he teaches more of like mundane astrology and that's like how you apply astrology to everyday things. Um, whether it's like, you know, um, I'm just trying to think of like uh, various food and what, and like what that would represent in astrology, geopolitics. Um, he'll show you, he'll do a star of the day. So Robert Phoenix will pull up someone's birthday. So today is uh, December 11th, like so-and-so's birthday is today. Let's look at their chart and let's dissect it. So you're learning how to look at charts that way, which I think is really helpful. And again, that's on on YouTube. That's all free. But with the Leo King, he goes really deep into like, he teaches you medieval astrology. So it really goes back to like what, john d he was one of the greatest astrologers that ever lived um he was the astrologer to queen elizabeth the and he was like the court astrologer he teaches through those methods and even like nostradamus so it also teaches a lot of um history so that's another thing that we learn a lot about with the leo king and with high vibe and his various classes is how uh, history is related, like how you look back on history and you dissect the astrology of it to then see where we're at now as a collective, how those things are playing out. So it's more than just being able to read someone's chart, which I really, really love doing. And I'm really starting to incorporate that more into my readings. Like if the client wants that, and I'm really looking at how that's going to evolve for me next year um, as I feel more comfortable like sort of incorporating that into readings and just having all just separate astrology you know where it's maybe not tarot at all it's just astrology and even for prophecy and like where we're going in the future and how the transits how these big transits are going to be affecting humanity affecting the ascension path that humanity is on So I've also been learning a lot about history because astrology is, is cycles. So it's really, really interesting to look, to be able to learn the history that in high school, junior high school, college, I wasn't really interested in any of that. And it's, and with astrology now, it's like, I want to know more and more history.
0: If I learned that kind of history in school, I would have paid more attention.
2: I know. Right. (laughs) It's so boring. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So it sounds like you're, you're
0: kind of studying and exploring other things. Like, what do you want to work on next? What's next on your path?
2: It's really all about the astrology. And I know it sounds like so repetitive, um, but how I can incorporate that into the tarot readings. So I've sort of taken a sabbatical for my YouTube because it feels like, you know, I, I could pull cards all day. And I can, you know, just pull my cards and give a prediction, or look at the current energy and talk about the energy. But uh, because I'm so immersed in the astrology right now, and and really um, going deep into it, it's changing the way that I read in such a big way. It's actually changing the way the way in which I read. So um, I'm really looking at how to incorporate that into. Um, into the YouTube channel, the YouTube readings um, for next year, because that's going to be where I commit to next year is just like, I I want to do a video a day. So that's really going to be like my commitment to myself and my commitment to the collective, to whomever watches, you know, YouTube is, uh, and social media in general is very difficult with algorithms. As you know, it's, um, it's becoming increasingly more difficult with the with the AI and with the algorithms and how to gain that traction um, on your channel so it's not so much about doing something different it's just my own evolution and how I want that to look and to feel like how I can best serve um, because on my on my channel you know sometimes I would do like the love readings I would look at twin flame energy, but it really wasn't my biggest focus as you know it was more about the energy i definitely want to like bring in more of the um, galactic energies like looking at you know I was talking about the bringers of the dawn and and i feel that with pluto moving into aquarius for 20 years uh, and that happens like in january we kind of got a taste of pluto at 0 degrees aquarius um this year it was brief and then Pluto retrograded back into Capricorn. So now we're at that last degree of Capricorn again, the 29 degree of Capricorn. And it's like we are closing out uh, a 260 year cycle of Pluto. And now next year, I feel and this is something I want to say to everybody, like if you are a channel, if you consider yourself a channel, a vessel for light, for information, Uh, for cosmic energy, even if it's your ancestors, even if it's more that you work with nature, whatever it is, this is going to be the time where I feel a lot of people are going to be turned on in a whole new way. And and so right now, this past like maybe four to six months for me has really been about letting go. Letting go of what my work is supposed to look like, what I want it to look like, how I want it to feel and surrendering into, uh, processing, integrating, even like some shadow work, some transmutation and, um, and, and still continual learning. So I think for 2024, I want to incorporate the astrology, but I want to come back as a, you know, just as myself, Um, and see how my readings feel different because I feel different. And I think the other thing too is that even the people who would be drawn to me, whether it's a returning client or a new client, I think that you're different too. So it's going to be really interesting. Like I'm really looking forward to, um, to this kind of like new energy. I'm excited. Sign me up.
1: Okay. Yeah, that is so interesting. And I feel like we can go on forever talking
2: about it too.
1: For the last part, where can people find you and what do you offer?
2: So, uh, my Instagram is Elizabeth, and that's Elizabeth with a Z, Elizabeth Light Tarot. And I'm pretty active on Instagram. Again, you know, this will, that is a, I really enjoy Instagram. I have to say, I don't have a TikTok, I don't have a Facebook. I have a X account, you know, the old Twitter, AKA X. I have an X account. I don't really use it. Um, I think it's Sedona Angel. I I don't even know. Um, and then YouTube, you mentioned my YouTube channel is uh, Elizabeth Light Tarot or at Sedona Angel. Um, I do have a uh, Sedonaangel.com. Uh, I own the domain name, but I haven't built it out yet. So that's going to be a project for 2024, is to just have a very simple sales page on Sedonaangel.com where you can buy a reading, uh a tarot reading, Oracle reading, you can have an astrology reading. I really want to um hone in on, you know, whether it's your natal chart, that's your blueprint of the where the stars were at the moment that you were born. And it really serves as um, not as something that you have to be a slave to for the rest of your life, but it's like a roadmap. It's a blueprint that you that will help you. Um, and I also want to help people with various planets. So I want to help people understand Saturn in their own chart. That's the great malefic. People are always afraid of their Saturn return and what sa- the energy that Saturn brings to your life. So I want to be offering people like um, you know, how to understand and utilize your Saturn. I think with the Pluto and Aquarius, um, that's something that's important. So I wanna help people understand their Pluto and that might be a much kind of shorter reading for people. And the other thing that I, I really do love angels, I my mom, so I forgot to mention my mom. My mom was the one who was really into angels and saints. So she, I feel brought the angelic energy to me because I, I love my angels. I love talking about angels. Um, They're all around us all the time. Everyone has a guardian angel, if not one, but two. So I want to help people to continue to um, talk to their angels, to connect with their angels, to attune to them um, and their guides. So. Those would be my services. Um, I do the love readings, so I can definitely guide people in love and relationship. I love looking at family dynamics as well because my family has been just uh, such an important part of my life. We've been through so much together. We've had many, many ups and downs, a lot of struggle, a lot of pain um, in inside of my family with uh, things like addiction and grief, even mental health and things like that. So I think that's also where um, Virginia and I connect a lot is through kind of the mental health aspect, the psychology and things like that. So, um, I want to help people, you know, just to empower themselves. So you can email me Elizabeth light eleven eleven at gmail.com. Um, definitely follow me on Instagram. If you found any of this, um, meaningful or useful, if you send me a message, uh, we can connect that way and, uh, through YouTube, which I will be, uh, getting back on for January. So I'm excited about that.
0: Well, looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time, for your beautiful energy. We love this conversation. Like Stina was saying, we could go on for hours because I want to hear more I planets. I don't know anything about them. So it would be amazing to just keep going and keep talking to you. But thank you so much for being here.